1: you're listening to bsh radio is this true
0: live from the wip
2: studios in philadelphia the hockey team the flyers and right here on broadstreethockey.com hey everybody how you doing well that's good Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz, I am a director of fun and games for the evening. We have a jam-packed show tonight, top 25, under 25. Shane Goss' bear says he's going to have a great year and he's got no excuses. Uh, there's some rule changes I want to get to in U14 hockey that I think might work in the NHL. We may get to that, but we also have your voicemails. Let's get it started. Introducing first, my broadcast partner in crime, Steph Alicious d Steph Driver. How are you tonight, Steph?
1: I'm wonderful. Awesome. No, we don't do hot takes anymore, so I don't know what you want me to say here. <laughs> there's no takes to be hot about. There's um, just nothing. I could find I have something. Things. The Olympics are bullshit. Go yeah. <laughs> what, what the NHL is doing. The fly and by herself,
3: a- Kelly Hinkle. I, too, am worked up about the Olympics,
1: but we'll save that for
3: another day.
2: And last but not least, the man with the observations,
0: Charlie O. Connor. You know, the funny thing is, is that right before that introduction, you were speaking especially fast, even for you, on this <laughs> podcast, and then the minute you get to meet, you slow her all the way down. I start
2: it real hard, and then I totally, I totally forget about which show I'm introing half the time, and I'm like about to start the yelling about sports intro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> because I We could do that too, Bill.
2: B- because I don't vary up my intros at all. And I'm about to go, yeah, it's Monday night. You're and I'm like, no, that's not. That's the wrong show. All right, so let's get into it, guys. Uh, I guess the most important thing we'll get to is what's going on on BroadStreetHockey.com. Uh, for basically this whole month, it's the top 25 under 25, numbers 14 to 19. I guess nineteen to fourteen. We're yeah, doing duh. it in uh, descending order. Uh, Generally, that's how we do these yeah, things. I guess ascending.
1: No right. descending. Uh, descending. Yeah, okay. going down.
3: <laughs> it's I August,
2: had, folks. I had to really think about it.
1: It's like plus minus. Woo. I don't know. We've been All out right. of school for a long time. William. All right, guys. So
2: <laughs> let's just kick it off with uh, my favorite position, the netminders. Number nineteen. Woo! Alex Lyon came in this week.
1: Yeah. Um. So. I don't. Um, I think this. I don't is the, remember where I ranked him. I I'm trying to him. pull it up.
2: I had him at 18, so I think I'm right there.
1: I think I had my goalies way high. Uh,
2: this is the part of the list except for oh, Frost. I had him Frost, at 17.
1: Yeah, that's about right.
2: Except for Frost, who was a first round pick, but he's still a while away. Uh, we're into the part of the list where it's kind of. Just, there's a line. We talked about how there's a a line in this organization, and so this is the part where you're really just trying to fit guys in based on where you think they are internally. Like, where, uh, who's, uh, like, Taylor Lear is 17. We're probably going to see Taylor Lear in the NHL this year, but he doesn't have near the upside as most of the guys ahead of him, so you got to figure, like, how does he factor in? All right, 17, that seems like
0: a fair place for him. So I have feelings about this section of the list, Ooh. and these feelings are not incredibly positive. Okay. What? So this stretch of three players, the Lion, Vecchioni, Lear, Lear stretch, I personally think all three of those players are way too high. Woo. I did not have Lion on my top 25. I did not have Lear on my top 25. I had Vecchioni at 23. <laughs> so this entire stretch are three players that I was like, wow, we really put them below below like under in the top twenty. And that's just because I'm more focusing on upside here okay. rather rather yeah. than you know floor. I'm going with ceiling over floor. And this goes back to kind of one of my thoughts on well, I guess this would specifically focus on like Vecchioni and Lear, is that I don't think that guys that have bottom six ceilings are all that valuable because I think you can get if you're a smart GM, you can get decent guys for really cheap like Sam Gagne and free agency and have them play that role. Lyon, I'm just I am just not that high on him because my thought with with Alex Lyon is that if you're gonna if you're gonna sign a goalie that's already old, like a college free agent he better have a really good first year because there's just not much room for development there, in my opinion, if you sign him when he's already, what, 23? And, and, then, and that's just my personal and then bias. And he's not
2: playing every night. How much better is he really going to get when he's splitting time?
0: I get, I get the arguments for these guys. It's just They're just not the kind of guys that I... Especially like your head stuff. You're you're
2: cheesing over there <laughs>
1: because, because my rankings like I'm looking at them <laughs> and they're crazy. So I had Taylor Lear at 18, Alex Lyon at 17, and Mike Vecchioni at 16. Well, which like m- what?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they're they're right
1: around where everybody had them. And yeah, but, yeah. So. so my my overall like. My, my overarching view on the twenty five under twenty five is NHL experience counts a lot. So, <laughs> looking at this, I don't know why Taylor Lear. I mean, with his, he had a, a, like a dozen or so games in the NHL. He's ranked below Alex Lyon. I don't know why I did that. Uh, Vecchione uh, had what two, three games in the NHL, and like that was fine. Lyon, but that's
2: to me okay. Taylor Lear. Could be a bottom six forward, but like Charlie said, you can get them anywhere. While I think they are a little more important, and if you can home grow them and not have to go out and buy them, because yes, you can go out and get Sam Gagne for a year, and Fair. then he goes and gets paid. The same way they like it, it ended up working out. Delzato got hurt, but with those defensemen, you can find those cheaper end defensemen, but then they have a good year and they go and get paid. Uh, like Alex Lyon could very well end up being the backup on this team, and while that's not there's no premium on that. It's a roster spot. It's one of your it's one of your twenty two guys, or your 18, 22 guys, whatever. So I I see what you're getting at and this that's why I think this part of the list is the hardest part to really nail down because yeah. we have Felix Sandstrom at fifteen and he could end up being the starter of the future. I don't know that because uh, you know, but he could he, be. He, yeah, he could his his ceiling is NHL starter. So he could be in the top 10 if you really wanted to look at it that way.
1: You know who had him ranked the highest out of all of us? Whom? You.
3: Where did I have him? Plus.
1: 8.
3: 8? That's about right. That's I had him,
1: him at me. I had him at 9. So. Yeah. <laughs> who are you people?
3: I had him at 14. And I'm convinced he's the next Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah,
0: you've said that on multiple <laughs> occasions.
3: Based
1: on absolutely no evidence. I had. But I had sounds good though. It Hart, does, doesn't it? Yeah. Carter it Hart at seven.
3: Well, that's a bold.
1: That's a bold move. <laughs> with, along with Bill and Kate. We all had him at 7. Well, I had a lot
3: of questions for past Kelly about why she put Anthony Stolarz at number 10.
1: Listen, I've got a lot of questions for past Stephanie. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> what were you smoking when like you did this list? I have no idea. Well, the, I The, the Vecchioni thing
0: was the best because you're, you're, you're so clearly <laughs> anti Vecchioni and you had him ranked so high.
1: I had him h- ranked higher than anybody else <laughs> at Broad Street Hockey. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand.
3: I love this list so much.
1: It's, uh,
2: lists are great, especially this time of year. There's so much you can debate. And with a list like this, everyone's got a little bit different criteria. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the best I part I have Carter it. Hart at seven because, like Charlie said, I'm looking at upside. If he's a franchise goaltender, he's number one. Yeah. A- except yeah. for maybe Proveral of, I don't know what's harder to come by. Well, I do. Because the Flyers have had a couple of franchise defensemen. They haven't been able to find a goalie ever since 1976. So... In yeah. a lot
3: of ways, this like mushy center part of the list is kind of the most fun because yeah. it could be literally anything. Like you kind of know who the top 10 guys are at right. this point. You kind of know who the bottom five or six are at this point. But the middle is a little, I don't know. This is when it just guys comes down down to- Guys with high ceilings yeah. who don't have yeah. any- yeah. I
2: like the, I like the bottom of the list also because like Charlie has a guy like Linus Hogberg in there and i'm just going to take charlie's word for that cuz i've only seen you know a couple of gifts of the guy yeah. and if if you tell me he's that good awesome he's not going to make my list just because i've seen other guys play so i'm going to i'm going to grade them higher and that's and i mean that's kind of what organizations do yeah. mm-hmm. like when it comes down to draft day you have two scouts who have a guy rated evenly you go with the guy who's got the most success
0: yeah but, no th- this is all about like personal philosophy of these yeah. lists, and that's what makes this part of it fun. Like, for me, I look at this and I say there's a stretch of three players I think are way too high, but somebody else could say, you know, Taylor is going to be on this team next year at some, in some form or another. I want him closer to a Scott Lawton, who I don't think is dramatically better than Taylor Lear. I don't believe that, but I could understand someone believing that, and, mm-hmm. that, and that's where you get into you know, okay, where should these guys go? And that's just this is personal opinion because if you're a prospect hound, you're going to have a guy like Wade Allison ahead of a guy like Taylor Lear. But if you're someone who's saying, okay, I'm going to go with the certainty of Taylor Lear over the, hey, maybe he'll be something good in Wade Allison, but he still has to go through another two steps before he gets there, you're going to have Taylor Lear higher, and that's fair. And that's the thing is, when you're talking
2: about guys drafted 2016, 2017, these guys are... Two, three, four, five years away. Like, we still haven't, we've seen Sam Moran one time in the NHL. And he, he crushed drafted. it. Yeah, he was drafted in 2013. He played a good game. I'm looking forward to watching. I'm just saying, like, uh, these guys drafted recently were all high on them and can't wait to see them. But I have no idea how good Isaac Ratcliffe is. At his next stage of development, he just might go, yeah, I don't even like trying this hard. Hockey sucks. <laughs> and, and I'm not, like, I'm not, Maybe. Uh, I have no idea what his personality is. Like, I seriously doubt it's
0: that. But... Why does anybody actually like this sport? I don't understand. <laughs> this blows. I don't want to
2: do this. I'm going to get my, I'm gonna go my
0: CPA. Like, oh, God, that's worse.
1: It's <laughs> do absolutely a like a lot. <laughs> that's the thing is
2: when a guy's three, four years away, I don't know how to grade him, so you just go by you know whatever your criteria is, and that's what makes these lists fun. Uh, what did we have? We said 19 Alex Lyon, 18 Vecchioni, 17 Lear, 16 Frost.
0: Who? <laughs> that Frost character. Morgan
2: the Frost, Frost character. late first-round pick. Uh, I guess I feel he's really far away just because... Uh, he, it was end of the first round, just wasn't expecting him. All of our eggs were in the Nolan Patrick basket. But you look at a guy like Konechny taking, taking in the same you know kind of area, and he's in the league a year after his draft year.
0: So I guess it's possible? Not this year, next year. Next year, yeah. yeah. He, um, he definitely needs to fill out. But, yeah, he's like, small. Yeah, a lot of it comes down to his next season. If he has a breakout season and flies up the rankings, like there's a reason why he was taken in the first round. It seemed like the Flyers were a little bit higher on him than the consensus, but you're still talking about a talented player, and you're talking about a guy who you know, maybe was the best draft-eligible playmaker in the OHL. So there's something there. It's just, yeah, you're absolutely right in that, you know, is he a, is he an Aubrey Kubel, and I don't mean that in the sense of having the bad first year, but is he a guy who's going to spend all this his time in juniors, then get a couple of years in the AHL, then hopefully be that guy, or is he a Konechny who jumps from sort of point per game, close to that, a little bit over that for Konechny, and then his draft plus one year he goes, you know, apeshit, and then he's put Brangon down the door to possibly make the team, you just don't know.
2: I like that, Charlie. I think you should use apeshit in your uh, in your player <laughs> Con- evaluations more often. I think and so. And then uh, 15 Sandstrom, 14 Stolars. I think that's just the idea that there's a line again. That's just yeah. Sandstrom, again, ceiling <clears throat> NHL starter, Stolars. He's been here a while. We've seen him a-, a couple of times, and he looked good, but I don't believe there's anyone out there that thinks he's going to end up better than Sandstrom. But because we're going know. to see
0: Stolars at some point this year.
3: I feel like, isn't Kurt, like, not super high on Sandstrom? Kurt
0: is, <laughs> and, and if you haven't read Kurt's article on Stolar's today that was released on Monday, it, it's really good, highly recommended. It. It's a, it's a long article. He got um, the inf- information and scouting from uh, a goalie expert, uh, Greg Bollock, who... Uh, who knows, a wizard. He, yeah, he knows his stuff. Like, he actually knows techniques, like, where we're just kind of, you know, yeah. throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks, but... Uh, Kurt's issue with Sandstrom is that he's concerned that Sandstrom has yet to have an above average mm. season in the SHL. Granted, he's very young still for the league. But his thought process is, I want to see I him. See I want to see him excel in that league before we're penciling him in as the franchise goalie for the Flyers in three years, and that's fair.
2: Oh, absolutely, results matter. It's a it's a results oriented business. You can have all the projection in the world, and it's that's what we're doing here. It's all projection, especially with a guy like Sandstrom. It's like, oh well, he's twenty, but uh, he's playing in a man's league. He's ba-, so it's it's like he's not even AHL eligible until this year, and he's playing in a pro league over there. So you got to take a lot of things. Into account, but he has not dominated. I will say on the international stage against his peers, he's looked like a very good goalie. And the little I saw of him at uh, like in development camps and different times you see him throughout the year, his athleticism really stands out.
3: Goalies like, it's the, are, yeah. And it, goalies are, are really just a crapshoot. Oh, yeah, it's you, you never know. Every time I go to Atlantic City, I like to put some money down on number 10 on the roulette table. I don't have a reason, but I do it. Sometimes I win. Sometimes I don't. Felix Sandstrom is my number 10.
0: Felix Sandstrom is your number 10? Yep, okay. I'm betting on him. I, I, Why not? going to hit me. You maybe. might as
3: well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was kind of surprised there that Sandstrom came in below Solars. So list.
3: am I. I, and I, I, I blame d- myself. Wait, did you have you Stolars? <laughs> I recession? had Stolars above Sandstrom. Wow, I had oh, Stolars okay. at ten, Charlie. Okay,
1: I don't, I, know. I don't know. Let's talk Can't about Stolars, and I, I think that we've done that a lot mm-hmm. because we've we've discussed the goalie situation a lot. There's
3: a lot to talk about
1: because it's a mess. It is. Um. Yeah. So what? And and I know what my answer for this is, but I'm going to ask you guys. Um, what would Anthony Stolarz have to do this year to prove to the team, to prove to Hextall that he should be the guy moving forward?
0: I would say... The guy? The, uh, yeah, do you mean like on the roster and locked into a spot? Or do you mean, hey, you're now our number one for no, the 2018-19 season? On, on
1: the roster, season? locked into a spot at the NHL level. Neuvert gets hurt. I was going to Yeah. That's pretty much
3: like <laughs> Stole- I don't think there's anything that he can do to get extended. Actively. Yeah, to get
2: the extended time he would need, Elliot would have to stink and Neuvert would have to be hurt.
0: Well, I would say that he what he does have to do Is he would have to because he's obviously not going to start the season with the Flyers. So he would have to do really well in the AHL, like above above a 920 save percentage and hold that for, you know, 10, 20, 30 games. Then Neuvert has his yearly injury. Then Stolars comes up and maybe doesn't repeat that, but is good. Is like solidly above nine ten. Then the Flyers look at Stolars and they say, Okay, he's clearly solved the AHL. He's pretty okay in the nhl maybe we can trade trade neuvert and then bring solars in as the guy who maybe could play 35 games next year in the nhl that that i think could change things for him
2: the ahl is basically one of those escape rooms you have to solve it (laughs) (laughs) i like it you have to figure your way out of there and then you're in the nhl
1: that's that's oh good oh good so let's let's jump to <laughs> Shane Goss bear. Let's oh. let's no completely excuses. switch gears. No
2: excuses. I should have a great year. This was an article I came across on Sons of Pen, uh, and I fully agree with uh sentiments. Here is uh, he's got <laughs> his contract, so the front office has invested in him long-term, which means they have confidence in him to be the player he was uh, in his rookie season. And he looked to gain full strength uh, late last year after the early season struggles with the uh, the injury, the playing time, the coaching, whatever was holding him back. He seems to have figured that out and gotten back to uh, closer to the player he was as a rookie. He has to have a good year this year, though, because... He's gonna. I-
1: <coughs> Excuse me. I I... I- struggle with the way that you said that because last year was not a disastrous year for him. It wasn't his strongest showing, but it wasn't a disaster. He wasn't
2: great most of the year.
1: Okay, but he wasn't horrific. He wasn't Andrew ag- McDonald. Ag- again, he wasn't useless. We keep talking about him
3: and Drew. There, we always begin these conversations without acknowledging, which... And I think it was Kimmelman that Gossisbear bear sat down with for these was, comments. Yeah. But he... He explicitly said, I was hurt for most of the year. I was recovering from this very major surgery, and it held me back.
0: Well, to clarify, though, so Drew definitely said that. Goss' bear on he? the on the other, Drew did. Drew said that— I thought uh,
3: Ghost did, too. No, no. Oh.
0: So in the exit interviews, Ghost was asked on multiple occasions— was the injury holding you back? And Ghost was basically like, no, it was all yeah, in he my head. no. And, 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 and now, he, now, he he, now he might have been lying. It's very possible that it actually was bothering like... him, but no, no, Ghost was very clear that he felt that the majority of his issues were caused by him getting into his own head, not him not being able to do stuff. He may have mentioned a little bit <clears> with <throat> Kimmelman saying that, like, he had to get used to what he could and couldn't do. Yeah. But he's been, unlike Giroux, who I think was just unbelievably frustrated with what he couldn't do ghost mm-hmm. has been more like no this was more a mental
3: <clears throat> thing okay
0: so that's not saying that it didn't affect him that's just saying that ghost is very very opposed to the idea of blaming it on the injury
2: all right here's what i will here's where i will then take the discussion if we're going to blame everything on injuries then Ghost well, not is, everything. Not everything. I'm just saying, if his <laughs> if his struggles last year were because of his physical limitations brought on by needing off-season abdominal and hip surgery, I will accept that. That's totally believable. However, as a 180-pound defenseman mm-hmm. who has now played like a season and a half, basically, he has to stay healthy.
3: Oh, absolutely.
2: He played one year and had a debilitating <laughs> surgery that cost him half of the other next year. Uh, that's not good.
3: And also, you have to remember, the ghost that we saw in his first season, he was not allowed to be that player by his coaching staff last year. Absolutely not. He, he The leash was tight last the year. The leash was tight. They wouldn't let him take the kind of chances that led to the success that he had in his first season. And if they don't take that leash off, it's going to be a problem. Like There's just no getting around it. You can't make him an Andrew McDonald-type defenseman. He's not that guy.
2: I will respond to that with... They put the leash on him for two reasons, like I've said over and over, because they couldn't buy a save, and that's why the team became completely risk averse. Uh, well,
1: yeah, um, as Dave opposed Hackstall. to Dave yeah. Hackstall,
2: they put the leash on him because the goalies couldn't buy a save, so they had to play a more conservative game, and. The coaching staff recognized his physical limitations due to the injuries and said, you don't have that recovery speed. Last year, you could take chances and make up for it because you were healthy. I'm this not year, that. He looked way slower this year. There were so many races, to pucks and stuff, that I was like, oh, he's got this. And then the other team would come away with the puck. And I go, wow, he's like our best skater. What just happened there? All right, well, You know was- what?
3: If you're an NHL coach and you're seeing that happening, I, I don't think that the answer is... Tell your most dynamic defenseman to stop being so fucking dynamic because it's a problem for the team. Figure out another way to fix that problem.
2: Uh, if he's hurt and can't make those plays, you have to put the leash on him. It's one or the other. Nah. It's the coaches did it, or we're blaming the injury. I'm, it, it,
3: I'm, we, I'm blaming the coaches. Both of those things. Both of those things can be true. They're See, not I, independent of each other. I'm
0: not blaming the injury much at all. Like the the way I evaluate Ghost season this this past year is that a lot of his underlying numbers got better. This was a case of. Ghost having unbelievably bad puck luck in the sense that the, incredible luck the first year. Oh, yeah, no, oh yeah. no, it balanced out because he got very lucky yeah. his first year. But the Flyers scored on 4.84% of their shots with Ghost on the ice last year. For comparison's sake, with Nick Schultz on the ice, they scored on 9.38% of their shots, basically double the shooting percentage. And obviously, as we've discussed before, Nick Schultz does not have this magical ability to boost shooting percentages. It was just this weird, weird situation where when Ghost is on the ice, nobody could score, including him. And, and some of that, yeah, maybe you could say that, well, he wasn't as dangerous. A lot of it was just dumb friggin' luck. And I think what happened was because he was having such bad luck and because the coaching staff has the same biases against dynamic offensive defensemen that almost everyone in hockey has, they looked at it as, well, Ghost isn't scoring, and we always were kind of iffy on this guy because we didn't know if he could play this way and succeed, and now the points aren't there. All we're going to do is focus on the mistakes he's making and then they put the leash on him and then ghost lost his confidence and then the season became a mess and it wasn't until the end of the year where they he when ghost apparently finally was like i'm just gonna do what i was doing last year (laughs) screw it that's when that's when it turned around and as long as the puck luck isn't as bad as it was last year i don't think it's going to get to that point because i think everyone knows they want ghost to play like ghost it was just that it was this weird Perfect storm of bad luck, and then that playing into the preconceived biases of the coaching staff. Because every coach in the NHL has this bias that, you know, if the offensive defenseman isn't racking up the goals, then what good is he? That's my okay. that that's my opinion.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like imagine putting a leash on Eric Carlson.
1: No, you couldn't do that because then all right, the, but the it, just saying. Anything. But like, yeah, the difference between Ghost and Eric
2: Carlson is not they're wide. the same. <laughs>
0: uh, there, there, Carl- there is a big difference.
2: Eric Carlson is one of the three <laughs> best players in the most. Yeah. Eric Carlson is one of the three most effective players in the league. I'm not saying Ghost doesn't bring some of the same dynamic, <laughs> like matchup issues for opponents, but Carlson's just better.
1: I like- know. <laughs> All right. all right. What do no. we want to do next? Voicemails. Voicemails. It's
2: time for voicemails and fun stuff on Broad Street Hockey. Uh, John, I told you your Played voice the, is too good. Play the voicemail.
1: <laughs> 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 Makes Bill feel bad.
3: That was me, actually. Wait,
1: is it not? Oh, hold on, oh. hold on. <laughs> See, I did all that stuff and then we screwed it up anyway. Okay, here we go.
3: Hey, I'm yelling about the goalie
0: situation because you know I hear on my or on the broadcast yelling that Mason left and Hackstall should have done a better job with them. Um, I'm saying that really Mason didn't want to be here since Berube, um, whenever Jeff Reese abruptly left because he didn't think Baruby was treating his injuries right when the only other option on the team at the time was Rob's death. Um, as for Spillard, I don't know that he would be the guy I want as a backup because yeah, his numbers look good, but They're buoyed because he shut out the New Jersey Devils, which isn't all that hard to do. Um, So I think, you know, Brian Elliott, Michael Neuver, okay for a tandem for a couple years until the new guys come up. Thanks. Bye. So I think there's—I get what you're trying to say with regards to the goalies about how maybe Mason didn't—wasn't a fit because— the resituation poisoned the well and I do believe that that ha- had an impact in terms of how the organization viewed Mason I'm, I'm of the opinion that the reason why they they pulled away from Mason is because they started to view Mason as a high maintenance goaltender and they felt like Mason had to be really really good to be worth be be worth that type of maintenance and once they determined that they didn't think he was that good they were going to let him go at the same time I don't think you can absol- absolve Dave Hackstall in his usage of the goalies I think he did a pretty poor job of managing his goaltenders literally from the first game of the season the yeah,
1: no, no yeah well, before the first game even started by saying that michael neuvert's gonna be your opening night starter now i have screwing it up
2: i have supported Hackstall more than pretty much anybody in this city and i will say the way he handled the goalies was uh he gets an f for that it was wrong it was he, he did a bad job
3: of that i have a confession Okay. I forgot that Rob Zepp existed. <laughs> <You> <laughs> remember remember, like, uh, remember all the member? Oh, the Led Zeppelin Zepp Zepp puns? Is,
1: he's a great story. When the he's not great story. a great goalie.
3: <laughs> but I forgot until just now. Oh, my God. I think Ryan Gilbert
2: wrote an entire game story using only lines from Zeppelin That is oh, something
1: I think Ryan did.
3: Would
1: do. <laughs> Quick Ryan, Ryan the pun master. When's stuff. the last time the Flyers handled their goalie situation correctly, in your guys' opinion?
2: Never. Um, when they told Garth Snow, yes, put two by fours in your pads. <laughs> 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 this will that's make you better, strategy. Garth.
0: I don't know. That's a, that's
2: an interesting question. When uh... they started, when they started, Bob Game One against the Penguins. Yeah, yeah, but then they found a way to
0: screw that up in the playoffs that I, No,
2: I mean, yeah, 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 they did. Uh, <laughs> the last time they handled it correctly was when they gave Bob the reins to start a season.
0: Yeah, they, they accurately yeah. evaluated him as a good goalie, yeah. and they didn't care that he was a rookie. They were yeah. like, you know what, you're better than who we got, so go, go get him, kid. And okay. he, did, he did well. And then, of course, Lavia, like gave up on him after one game in a playoff series.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right,
0: let's head to the next one.
2: Why do you guys hate Mike Zecchione so much? He is one of the building blocks. Of our franchise in the future he ashamed he has chemistry with shamed officer and he is highly skilled if he can put the amount of points that he did in talk. why do you guys hate him so much
1: i didn't know that mike Vecchioni listened to the show (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening mike um so my immediate thoughts are i didn't realize that anybody thought that mike Vecchioni was a building block for the future Mm -hmm. um and and if if you legitimately believe that like please tell me why because it's lost on me completely.
2: Vecchioni's a great unknown to me. Uh I like him. I hope he finds himself a role in our bottom 6. I don't see it working out for him this year, but I've never I've always supported it. I was happy with the signing. Always go get the best player available when possible, especially when it's not going to cost you anything. once he making? 925k. Yeah. Yeah. Go get that guy, but I have no idea what he's going to be. Uh, he's a college-free agent. Some of them turn out, some of them don't. We'll right,
1: see. You don't know what he's going to be, and he's already in the the age curve of his prime, so there's not a whole lot of room for, oh, well, we've got to see what he turns out to be. Pretty much what you're going to see is what you're going to get. Hopefully yes. he's yeah. Matt Reed. Yeah, that was exactly what I was, was going to exactly say. Yeah. case, Matt Reed. Yep. If we get those three Matt Reed seasons out of
2: him
0: and then throw him in the garbage and go get another one, awesome. I'd love that.
1: And, and that'd be great...
0: But was anybody, even when Matt Reed was Matt Reed the 20-goal scorer, did anybody view him as like a core building That's block? No. Like he was a nice player.
3: I thought he was a piece. He, yeah. like, uh, it, it was like a bonus when yeah. he turned out to be that yeah. good. Okay.
0: All right, let's head to the
2: next one. Uh, this is Eric from Ohio. I'm calling about the hockey team, the
0: Flyers. I just want to say that I'm thrilled about the growing depth of the team, especially guys like Nolan Patrick. However, I'm extremely worried it's all going to be wasted. I think Hackstall showed last year that he's a horrible coach and has no idea what he's doing. I'm so worried that the team won't be able to score any goals, regardless of the mediocre goalies we put behind the team. And I'm worried that the players are going to be wasted, would-be successful players, wasted, mistreated, sitting in the press box. I'm really worried about it, even though I think the team could be great under the right leadership.
2: Ivan Proverov played 82 games last year. Everyone remembers that, right? When we talk about young players being wasted and stuff, he played 82 games.
3: Yeah, but who else was he gonna put in? I don't know. Who who'd he put in for guys? He didn't he have a Chris Vandevelde version of a of a defenseman to put <laughs> in ahead of Andrew. Yes, he did. Andrew McDonald. Oh well, yeah. All, he, like, yes. all
2: those guys. You could always play them. Nick uh, just, Schultz. Yeah, Schultz-y. Every coach's dream, Nick Schultz. Listen, I think most coaches stink and Dave Haxtall probably stinks, but uh Let's see. I don't it, know. Wait. It's he absolutely does, he'll fair. Be fired. He'll be fired after mm. this year if they have the same year they did last year. Yeah, I think that that's fair. That, I would regret. after the this entire the season. Fires. Yeah. No matter what kind of hat we try to put on this and say, oh well, they're different now. If they are as bad as they were for most of the year last year, Dave Haxtell will be fired.
3: Yes, that's I, fine. Yeah. But it's absolutely fair, I think, for someone to say heading into this season, they're worried about. Player usage. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah see, I, okay. Until I see something different, I have it's no reason to think he's going to maximize his personnel. I have no reason to believe that he's going to do that. And it's going to ruin these guys' careers? Like, no, but it is, it's It's going to ruin I, my fun for an entire hockey season.
1: I, I, I worry about the term wasted because, Bill, it's one that you've used about Claude Giroux a lot in the past. We and wasted I've, his prime. I've, I've challenged you loudly about this in the past. <laughs> so I, I, I question the usage of wasted. Um, if if you want to say that you're concerned that they're not going to be effective when all the, all the young players are still young and we still have Claude Giroux, I'm totally behind that.
2: Last time we had a team full of wasted players, we went to a Stanley Cup final. I mean... <laughs>
1: I mean, this depends.
0: You're using a different definition of the word wasted.
2: But
1: (laughs) But hey. The the,
0: the point I'll make is that I really think we're. I get that everyone was really frustrated with Ghost getting scratched last year and Kinectni getting scratched.
3: It wasn't just the scratches, though. It was in game usage. But.
0: I think There's we're focusing on the wrong times. thing here. I, the thing I'm concerned about with Haxall isn't that he scratches Konechny once in a while. Like, okay, it sucks, but in the, in the end, it's not really moving the needle. What scares me is the conservative style of play yes. that he's been yes. coaching the team, which I worry is sapping guys like Giroux and Voracek and not allowing them to play up to their skill set. And if that's the case, that's something that can get him fired.
2: I believe... Yes. In that first season under Hackstall, however, when Steve Mason, especially down the stretch, was very good and Neuvert was good in the first half of the year, they played a different way. And I think they played a different way in the first month or so of this past season and then changed to a conservative so- style because no one could buy a save. Uh,
1: uh, Bill, I guess we'll see. Okay. Bill, to answer your question, I think his team <clears throat> is a bowler hat. So, there you go. That's kind of how it was. Let's go to the next one. Hey,
0: so I left the voice message last night, but I just wanted to make sure that my message uh, was a lot more <laughs> clear than before. So we talk about how we are very high on our prospects and there seems to be much more optimism than there is doubt. So I guess my question is, what is worst-case scenario? Like what are – or what what will be the lowest ceiling for all these prospects and what will that make of the flyers? Uh Would that mean we might have to make a big trade? Uh, I'm not sure. So, curious to see what you guys have to say about that. Thank you, and keep doing the good
2: work. Well, worst
1: case scenario is we get nuked tomorrow. Ah, damn it, that was mine. I knew it. That's why I wanted to say it before you did.
0: (laughs) Seems bad.
2: When when Chase Utley (laughs) broke his hand in 07, he did a press conference after the game about his broken hand. He was just sitting in his locker uh, talking to the media. And they go, what's worst case scenario? And he goes, Hand falls off. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, some of these guys are going to work out. Some of them are going to reach the potential. Some of them aren't. They're absolutely going to make a trade. They have like nine defensemen in the pipeline. Some of them are going to get traded because they can't pay them. Some of them are going to get traded because they need a scoring winger and they're about to make a playoff push. It's It's... Worrying about worst-case scenario right now seems like the. it's exciting. Be excited now. Be disappointed down the line. <laughs> There's plenty of room disappointment. for disappointment.
1: It's Philly sports.
2: Disappointment will come. Look forward to Promise. it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing, which because I know they're not all going to work out, so I'm just looking forward to seeing the ones that do.
0: Yep. Yeah, like there's tons of worst case scenarios. You can pick a worst case scenario for every player. You the worst case scenario for Ivan Provorov is that actually McDonald wasn't dragging him down at all last year. He's just not as good as we think he is. The worst case scenario for Shane Gossesbear is he gets hurt every year. The worst case scenario for Claude Giroux is that next season he plays like a fourth line center at all in, in all aspects, and his power play production falls. Just, off Just wait, first like begging for Belmar back. Yeah, like I mean, oh, there's God. always worst case scenarios, but the likelihood that they're all going to happen at the same time and this team becomes the Colorado Avalanche, or, yeah, probably
3: not. No, this uh, is the summer that we get to be hopeful, I think. I the mean, worst-case scenario for me is last season is a repeat. The coach yeah, hasn't just quit
2: fair. and this was about the time Wah quit last year, right? <laughs> <So> that's <laughs> true. I think we're in better shape. Than I think we
1: I think we've got a a, a Patrick Warhol, I was going to com- say didn't somebody suggest Oh, I right, think it's yeah. Up.
0: Maybe this is the
1: one. Maybe. <laughs> hey
0: guys, this is Chris from College of PA. Um I actually really love where this team's headed under Hextall. Uh the signs this off season, uh, notably wheel, um and with getting Patrick somehow through the lottery. Uh this infusion of talent. It's like I can't wait. I think uh three, four years we've a true shot at the Stanley Cup to be honest. Um but yeah, this upcoming year I'm also excited for all the prospects coming up. And again. Um I can't wait. Lay, lay, off, lay off the Quaaludes, the bro.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you got a stock left from the 80s. I don't know. Just, just, just
1: I, I believe this 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 was an I'm so excited voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> I I could really wasn't
2: listening. I, he was so depressing. I under. think he
1: just said uh, Go Flyers. That's pretty much all whole. Yeah, there. let's yeah, go he, to Flyers. He, Thanks, likes, he liked the wheel signing. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we'll go to the next one.
2: Hey guys, um
0: I'm a big Flyers fan, stuck in Boston, unfortunately. Um, I just had a realization this isn't exactly so much me, me being mad, um, but I'm just realizing we're going to have a lot of trade shifts at the deadline. Like Matt Reed,
2: Val Filippola, these are guys in on one-year deals who have proven that they're both reliable hockey players, good two-way ability. I think we might be able to get some good picks out of these guys. Um, let me know what you think, and uh, love the show. Love listening to you guys. All right, bye. Uh Philpilla you could probably get something for. I think if Reed had any value, you would have cashed that in already. But only having this year left and the Flyers having some cap space to be able to cover uh, you know, the remaining money if they're going to send him to a budget team making a playoff push. Maybe you can get something out of him. Uh, I wouldn't be hopeful for anything more than... You know, I mean, ancillary. F- Philpula,
1: I don't think is going anywhere. He's got the no trade clause. He's on the last year of his deal. I think we're going to see him through the end of the season, and that's fine. He's he's okay. I like, I like him. I like him in
0: know. the lineup. I'm, I'm skeptical of Philpula, but well, I I, I also he... don't expect he's going to get traded. No. Reed uh. might get traded. It also all depends on how the Flyers are. Like, if 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 we're hoping that the Flyers can be a playoff team, if they're in the playoff race, they're not going to just be selling guys off. No. They're going to want to keep trying to win and make the playoffs. So, yeah, selling's a possibility if the team's bad. But we're obviously hoping they're not going to be, considering if, they've, you know at least on paper, look like they've gotten better.
2: Think about two years ago uh, when... It was borderline, and then the week heading into the trade deadline, they won a bunch of games, and Hextall said, I owe it to the veterans to keep them together because anything happens when you get in. And so he kept Mark Strite, and they kept the team together, and they ended up going to the playoffs. So that could very well happen again, too.
3: I wouldn't hate that outcome, Bill.
1: To the last voicemail we go. Hey, y'all,
0: uh, just a quick quick little bit. Um, I know that y'all talked about this um, after the uh the success of the draft party. But I was just curious if there was any plans to have more uh parties or get togethers during the upcoming fire season. Uh I know particularly
2: for some of the Saturday uh games coming up in October and November would be really awesome if there could be you know potentially like a tailgate party together uh down at the Wells Fargo Center. I think it would be a pretty good turnout and good time. Uh Broad Street hockey has a pretty awesome following and it'd be awesome to see everyone. All right, have a good week.
3: What a wonderful idea,
1: Stephanie. I I think it is a wonderful idea. Uh, Broad Street Hockey does have a great following. Um, The answer is hell yes. We are absolutely going to do some more shows, some more events, um, starting with, and, and nothing is concrete yet, so I don't have details, but... There
2: are no custard concretes? And those commercials what? just... Have, I don't, have you uh, seen those commercials
1: no. for custard concrete? Uh, no, I, so good. Is that? I have absolutely no idea what you're saying It's like right a really now. thick milkshake from uh, Sonic. All right. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, for the home opener, which is in October, it's on a Saturday, it's at night... We're going to do some type of pep rally during the afternoon that Saturday. Um, No details yet because we haven't put it together yet. Um, We're also working on going to Vegas for the Flyers game in February. Vegas, baby! Awesome. Vegas. Vegas. Um, and other other events throughout the season, whether it's a, a live podcast from a bar or a tailgate, all things that we're exploring, but there will definitely be more events this season. Uh,
2: you can find me most Friday nights at 12 Steps Down in the Italian market.
1: Okay. Just come that, hang out and that's drink right, beer my with me. <laughs> I was going to say Bill Live from the Bunny Ranch because I figured that's where you go in Vegas, right? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the bunny, the bunny ranch. No <laughs> cheap hookers Dylan's for bunny William. Ranch. He's a classy oh gentleman. I, uh, from is, everything is I, though, from everything well. I've seen
2: from that television show, it looks pretty classy in that joint.
1: Oh God, the trailer!
3: <laughs> Lots of good
2: things happen in trailers. That's true. You love Trailer Park Boys, as do I. I sure do. I mean,
1: yelling about sports happens in a trailer. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: Uh, this was a fun show tonight guys. I like, uh, uh, I like yes. the voicemails. I like hearing I like, from people. I
1: like it being interactive. I like interactive Intoxicated.
0: Shows. So I, I want to pivot real quick. Okay. Uh-oh. Because our own Kelly Hinkle oh. had an article on Puck Daddy. Yes, sports today, And I want to talk about the article. It was Uh-oh. really good. And if you haven't checked it out definitely read it. But the article was Kelly.
3: What if the Flyers never lost Chris Pronger. Now this
2: is the uh, the Puck Daddy alternate history yeah. summer. They always do a fun like summer series.
3: Yeah, and this year it's they're asking people to pick some pivot point in their team's history, real or fake. Some people have gone really off the rails with theirs, and kind of draw out what might have been. And, and when I when I got asked to do it, like immediately I thought to myself, Well, I think things would have been really, really different if Chris Pronger never took that stick to the eye. Really, really different. And, and it, so I kind of went with
2: it. it. it's the reason they had to eventually go out and get uh Andrew McDonald's, the reason they brought in Mark Streit.
3: Like uh, a lot of bad things and also yeah. a lot of good things. The reason
2: they brought in Luke Shen, the reason they brought in Nick
0: Grossman. It's the it's, reason they brought in Ron Hexley. Ron Hex.
3: Yeah. The reason yeah, pretty much the reason why uh Homer lost his job. Yeah,
0: it was the reason why they, that that whole possible cup run team fell apart because they had no defense. Mm-hmm. And part of that too was on hunger because yeah they lost Pronger and it, it sucked they lost Pronger no one could have predicted that but they could have went out and actually gotten good defensemen to fill out the rest of their defense they court. did the opposite instead they got actively bad ones
2: yeah and they went out and they, instead of going out and trying to put it piece it together they were like let's just get Ryan Suter alright that didn't work <laughs> let's just get Shea Weber oh that didn't work alright now we gotta trade JVR for Luke Shen oh we just got worse <laughs> <laughs> like, if, oops oops <laughs> Well, yeah. So, the, yeah, it's an it's an interesting alternate history. It is a great take that uh, P- Pronger was healthy here one year and they went to a Stanley Cup final with no goaltender.
3: Yeah, and if you're super bored in the summertime with absolutely no hockey content to read, this little series that they're doing on Puck Daddy is is actually a lot of fun. Some of them are pretty funny. Some of them are really interesting. So, if you're bored, check them out, or stuff. check them out anyway. And that is
2: all the time we have for you this week on Broad Street Hockey Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Sports Radio ninety four WIP and our producer John Barchard. Woo! Are you
1: ready to talk about sports? Yeah.